Hello and happy Thursday. Welcome to a new episode of the official podcast of G5 Football Daily, part of the Sports Illustrated Media Group's Fan Nation Network, talking G5 football from all over the country. On the last episode, we uh, reviewed week five. We're on the verge of week six. Excited to see what happens. But uh, this week, we got a great show. And uh, one of the bigger guests we've had in this iteration of the podcast, for those that have uh, been listening to, uh, you know, podcasts that I've been doing for a while, but uh, this is a big one. We have a legend of not just Group of Five football, but of college football in general. He's the winningest quarterback in the history of college football, actually, and he is up for the College Football Hall of Fame once again, and uh, now he's uh, coaching the NFL. It's Kellen Moore, former Boise State quarterback, joining us in a little bit. Excited to see what he has to say about his candidacy, about his old playing days, and about the uh, current state of the Boise State football team. But before that, we're going to talk about a team that's uh, also very used to winning right now, and that's the Marshall Thundering Herd. I'm joined by Eric Henry of 247 Sports, Horns 247. You've heard him a bunch on this podcast, my longtime partner in crime. And uh, together, we're talking to one Luke Creasy of Herald Dispatch Media in uh, the Charleston and uh, Huntington area covering Marshall and uh, what Charles Huff is doing with that team. Nothing short of spectacular. Uh, So without further ado, we're going to jump into it. Let's go. Kicking things off today by talking some Marshall football with a special guest. He is Luke Creasy. You can follow him online with uh, Herald Dispatch Media as well as West Virginia Gazette and Mail. Uh, and like I said, he covers the Marshall Thundering Herd who are undefeated and heading to NC State this week. Luke, we appreciate you taking the time, man. And we're just going to wrap about uh, what, what's going on with Charles Huff's squad for a couple minutes here. Yeah, happy to be on. Just to kick things off, man, I'm really curious about your thoughts on Cam Fancher's development and where you think his ceiling is. Uh, he's obviously a pretty young, uh, pretty young guy, but since he's been, you know, there under Clint Trickett and Huff, he's he's growing. He's getting there, I think. Yeah, I, I think getting there is a good way to put it. Um, kid that's been in the system for for a few years now. It's his third year with the program, and um, you know, had some time to uh, to learn. Um, you know, Huff system and uh, kind of uh, develop a little bit early last year um, in, in a limited playing role before he took over as a starter about uh, about halfway through the year. And, uh, you know, he's really just, um, I mean, he's done what he's been asked to do. And I think that's the big thing. Um, he's not been the reason um, they've lost any of the ball games. Um, you know, he's 10 and one as the starting quarterback. And, I think there's something to be said for that. Um, you know, the, the game plan um, is never really risky with him. Um, I think you see, uh, you know, a lot of uh, checkdowns, a lot of screen plays. Um, they lean a lot on the running game. And uh, he plays into that as well with what he can do with his legs. Um, and so there's nothing really risky out there for him. And I think that, uh, you know, that, that helps young quarterbacks build confidence and um, he's grown a lot in his decision making and just um, you know his role as a game manager um, has really uh, been a lot better this year. I think he's he's got you know a really good idea of of how that offense is supposed to run and um, you know so I I mean I I think 
I don't, I don't think he's anywhere close to a ceiling yet, to be honest. Um, you know, I think that there's still some decision-making um, aspects of, of his game that he's got to work on. Um, he's got to see the field a little bit better sometimes. Um, and, and I think, you know, the big thing that, that's been kind of slow developing for Fancher is, is the ability to throw downfield. Um, haven't really seen a ton of that yet um, out of him, but, but but I think that that comes along, um, you know, eventually. But, uh, you know, overall, I mean, he's done enough um, to be a winning starting quarterback, and I, I don't think you can ask much more of the guy. Yeah, that's a solid point. It helps when you kind of have the uh, the running game that Marshall's had mm-hmm. in the last couple of years as well, right? Um, did did you expect Marshall to be undefeated at this point in the season? Um, I, I think the the biggest test was probably, um, to be honest, ECU. Uh, it's a place Marshall historically has not played well in, and uh, a program that they've kind of gone back and forth with throughout the years. Um, you know, but I think that, um, you know, I, I didn't think 4-0 was out of the realm of possibility um, getting to this point. Um, you always, you know, kind of wonder if, you know, turnovers are going to get in the way or um, things like that. But uh, I think because of the game plan and because of, you know, their ability to execute, I think they've, um, you know, kind of met expectations thus far um, as far as winning games. I, now, the, the scores of those games, like, could you have probably beat Albany by more than four? Probably, um, you know, but uh, so maybe it hadn't played out the way the fans quite expected, but um, you know, I, I think Marshall certainly has the, the talent and, and the, uh, you know, the coaching staff and um, to, to be sitting here for now. So I, I'm not terribly surprised. You mentioned some of the the issues with the execution and how that can kind of tie back into, in my opinion, anyway, can kind of tie back into how, uh, young this team is right and mm-hmm. they're at least inexperienced in terms of actual playing time um is that in your mind the biggest obstacle between marshall and, and winning a sunbelt title sometime in the next one to three years or is it something else um i i think inexperience is a good uh good term for that because marshall's not young in terms of class um i mean they've got a uh, they've got a few um, guys who have been around three and four years and a few fifth year seniors. And so, um, you know, but I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, Huff has spent a lot of time trying to, to develop the back end of the roster. And, um, and, and that, you know, it has kind of been probably slower moving than he would have liked. And, um, you know, so I, I think experience, um, you know, pays dividends down the road. Um, you know, when you look at, people who have won the league, um, you know, it's been because they have those, you know, three and four year starters um, who are, you know, big, big role players on those teams. And uh, that's just something Marshall, you know, will have eventually. I think they've got a couple of those guys on the defensive side of the ball, but um, you know, I I think that they're probably not as far off as people might think they are. Um, from being able to contend for a Sunbelt title. I think you take a handful of plays away, um, you know, take take a handful of plays back from, you know, from last year, and Marshall's probably right in that mix um, in their first year in the Sunbelt. But, you know, I think the competitor, you know, the competition is ramped up, you know, all across the East Division. And, um, you know, I think Marshall's got their work cut out for them if they're wanting to compete for a title. In my experience, since um, Charles Huff became a head coach, he's been one of the more entertaining people to talk to. (laughs) And just in terms of, you know, his uh, pressers and, you know, just the general 
um, presence that he's done. He was on our the old iteration of our podcast uh, a couple of years ago. Do you have a favorite Charles Huff moment since he's been at Marshall? Oh gosh, um, that's a great question. Uh, I, I think the um, just the back and forth with him sometimes is pretty entertaining. Um, I think I've probably run into it. Uh, more this year. Um, where's my second year on the beat? He's a little more familiar with me. Um, I, I think he, I've probably run into it more this year. Uh, the first couple weeks of the season, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get stuff together for uh, for a daily paper, and you know, make sure I have enough stories lined out throughout the week. And so I'm asking questions. You know, well, well you haven't, uh, you know, given up a, a sack yet this year, or you know, you've been really good at limiting penalties. And um, I've been accused of laying out the rat poison um for for the team and so that's been fun um and, and every time i've asked a question um he, he's sure to, to you know to come back and and let me know that because i asked that question that that's why marshall gave up two sacks against virginia tech or uh you know had nine penalties against old dominions because i asked a question about about it the week before but he, he is a character um he, he's got uh some huff isms that are um that are thrown out there uh, pretty much every single week. Um, I asked him Tuesday, I said, uh, you know, what do you need to do to make sure the offense continues to move? Because they've, you know, at times stalled out in the fourth quarter and not moved the ball effectively. He said, oh, well, just pray. Um, it's a pretty good defense we're going to face this week. Uh, so, um, you know, he, he is a character. Um, he, he's fun. He's got a good personality and uh, very charismatic. And I think the team kind of rallies behind that. And, um, you know, he, he, he's been a, he's been a pleasure to cover. I know, I know we're big fans of the guy, uh, Eric Henry, uh, of horns, two, four, seven and two, four, seven sports. Uh, do you have any questions for our guest today? Thank you, Joe, for getting the uh, obligatory plug out of the way so I can continue to do this podcast weekly. Uh, Luke, if you're, <laughs> first of all, for our listeners who just joined us, we are joined by Luke Creasy. He is the Marshall athletics beat writer for HD media. That is the Herald dispatch out of Huntington and the West Virginia, excuse me, the Charleston Gazette mail. Uh, Luke, just want to ask you, you know, just broad scale question here. You're on, you're on your second year in the being your time there in Huntington. What are the the expectations uh, for Marshall fans and what's the feeling there in Huntington? You know, Joe and I have talked uh, not just this year, but, you know, for the better part of several years. There's always been a feeling. I mean, this even goes back to the, you know, the Isaiah Green, uh, Obi Obialo, Tyree Brady days uh, that. Mm -hmm. There was seemingly, uh, you know, a bit of underachievement um, from some of those teams, especially those those late Doc Holiday teams, and then mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of which what brought on Charles Huff's um, hiring. Just want to ask you, broad scale, Luke, um, what are kind of the expectations with this team now in, in its second season, the Sun Belt, and uh, where do you know herd fans kind of feel they should be um, this year and going forward? Yeah, I, I think that's. Um... It's a tough question because it depends on who you ask, um, Eric. And I think that uh, realistically, um, you know, Marshall's been in the mix for for several conference titles. Um, you know, in the last decade. I mean, the last they won conference USA in 2014. Um, that was kind of on on a back end of uh, you know what could have been an undefeated season had you not given up you know 66 points to Western Kentucky in the season finale. And um, you know, there's there's a long history of of Marshall's inability to show up in big games. And I think that was one of the um, biggest uh, nitpicks of some of these Doc Holiday teams is that, you know, w when push came to shove, um, it, it always seemed like um, there was an egg to be laid. 
Um, you know, when you look at uh, Holiday's last season um, with Marshall, I mean, they're 7-0, ranked 15th in the country, and then get shut out against Rice, um, who, who was not very good at the time. And, uh, you know, lose their last three games of the year, lose the conference championship at home. And um, that, that just left, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, a, a bitter taste in, in a lot of the fan base's mouths, um, you know, because they've watched this team be able to compete at a high level um, at times, but but never when it counted. Um, and, and I think that, you know, when Huff came in, there was a lot of excitement thinking that he could be the guy that, um, you know, got these guys right mentally, got them ready to play. And I think you saw that, um, you know, in, you know, start to come to fruition last year with the big win at Notre Dame. Um, Marshall never thought they were out of that game. Um, against Virginia Tech this year, granted, Virginia Tech's down. Um, but I don't think Marshall ever thought for a second that they were in danger of losing that game. That's the confidence that um, that I think the you know Huff's teams have had that um, maybe other teams haven't in the past, and I think that's a big difference. Um, you know, they probably you know I, I mentioned a few minutes ago. I, I think they were a handful of plays away from from probably being in the mix to compete for the Sun Belt title last year in their first year in the league. And um, confidence goes a long way. And when you when you've got the playmakers um, that Marshall does at spots on, on different sides of the ball, you know I think it's possible. Um, but uh, you know I I think Marshall fans are cautious, cautiously optimistic at this point, and they probably have good reason to be um, because you know th- there have there has been that disappointment in the past. But um, you know when you know in these so-called big games, I think the past couple of years they've shown up. Um, and that's made a big difference. Luke, I asked you a bit of a long-winded question there, so I'm going to ask you a, a much more uh, brief question. How good is Rasheen Ali? Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's the short answer, man. He's a playmaker. Um, he, he has been since since he stepped on the field at Navy in 2021 and had that four-touchdown performance that kind of put everybody – um everybody on notice and, and he followed that up with, with a tremendous year in 2021 i'm unfortunate to see him go down with an injury um last year uh, but uh, has picked up um quite literally where he left off um he's got two tu- at least two touchdowns in every single game this season had three against dcu and uh really just a difference maker out there and um you know, his ability to run the ball like that uh, gives this offense, you know, kind of a lot of mojo. Again, if you're just joining us, we are joined by Luke Creasy of HD Media. Luke, uh, for listeners of who've been with us for a while know we like to end things on kind of a bit of a fun note with our, with our guests. So it will be no different with you today. Uh, Want to start here. What is your favorite thing about living in the uh, Huntington, Charleston uh, just the entire West Virginia. What's your favorite thing about that area? And the second part of that question, uh, what is your favorite restaurant in Hunting, Huntington? And I've had the experience of going to both Fat Patties and Grumpy Gary's, uh, but I, I, okay. I, need, I need to know yeah. you know, from someone who's there on the ground, uh, your favorite restaurant there. In the, in yeah, the we'll, we'll, we'll start with, uh, with the first one. Um, and man, I, I love a lot about, you know, I've lived in the area since I was um, in second grade. We moved here in 2001, my family did, and I've just kind of, uh, I hit and stuck. And so, you know, I've been here. There's a lot of uh, fun things to do 
Um, you know, of course, West Virginia as a state is, is beautiful, but, uh, man, we've got a really good music scene in Huntington and we, we've got a lot of guys, um, and a lot of gals who, uh, you know, have, uh, made good on their music careers. And, um, you know, so we, we've got a nice little local, uh, club, um, here, not too far down the road from where I live. And, um, it, it's always got some, you know, some fun bands coming through there and, uh, so I, I think that's probably my favorite part right now. Um, but, uh, man, as far as where to eat, there's so many good places. Uh, but I am a sucker. And uh, if you ask my wife, she'll uh, she'll tell you this, too. Um, Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brews is a uh, is a local joint. It's it's just outside of Huntington. It's in Barbersville. Um, but it uh, has hands down some of the best um, food any time of the day. Um and uh local guy owns it named Jason Beater and he, he's got several businesses, but man, I can always get down with some Oscars. All right, Luke, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh Joe, you want to go ahead and close this podcast, sir? Yes. Uh Luke Creasy, thank you so much for hopping on. Everyone go follow him at Luke Creasy on social and read his stuff with uh HD Media Herald Dispatch following the Thundering Herd. And uh we are gonna go ahead and jump into it with our uh next guest. Uh, for this week's show, he is the winningest quarterback in college football history. Went 50 and three at Boise State. He's now the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Chargers. Kellen Moore, thank you so much for dialing into the show today, sir. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. So, you know, we'll, we'll jump into it here. Um, since you've been a coach in the NFL, you jumped right into it after your playing career ended in 2018. Uh, what's one big lesson that you've learned since you've made that transition from player to coach? Yeah, yeah, it's obviously been a, uh, it's been a unique transition. I mean, guys get to go right from the uh, playing field right into the, uh, the coaching world. But uh it's been a ton of fun. Uh, I think relationships are huge. Uh, I feel like I've been fortunate to be around some just, just some incredible players, incredible coaches. I get to learn from each and every one of them. And uh, as you go down this coaching profession, you get to, you get to take bits and pieces from everyone here. And uh, so it's been a lot of fun. So you're on the, uh, the college football hall of fame ballot for the third year in a row here, you know, to start there, how often do you actually, you know, reflect on, how accomplished of a college player you actually were at Boise State? Uh, it, it definitely feels like it's been uh, it's been a while. Uh, it's, it's amazing how quickly time flies. Uh, we had a ton of fun. It was a really awesome uh, era and time time in uh, college football, and we had we had an incredible team, a ton of ton of talent, a lot of guys who ended up playing at the next level, and so uh, you know we had this really cool experience. Uh, four years of winning fifty games and uh, lost three really close ones, and uh, it was just such a fun experience. And so, uh, shoot, my kids are now, are, uh, you know, seven and nine. So now they're starting to like, you know, they're starting to get it and they're understanding stuff. And so it's funny when we start showing, you know, we'll watch Boise games on Saturdays and, uh, you know, you're kind of explaining, uh, when you played there before, uh, to them. So it's been fun. Have you set your kids around the, uh, the old YouTube machine to show them your highlight reel yet? <laughs> they're on YouTube just as much as we are. And so, uh yeah they they've definitely uh snuck up on a few uh few highlights from from the past but uh you know it, it's certainly a fun experience that we had what would it mean to you to actually break into that college hall of football uh, that college football hall of fame class in 2024 coming up here i think it'd be an awesome representation of uh just a really cool era in Boise state football and really college football in general just uh 
you know, we were right on the cusp of, uh, you know, having, having a huge impact on the game. And so, uh, won a lot of games were really, really close. Uh, you know, we had a couple instances in there where we just lost some, uh, really close battles, but, uh, you know, it was a really fun era, uh, you know, to, to have an opportunity to potentially represent Boise state, you know, kind of, uh, the, the, uh, non power five world, uh, you know, I think it'd be a really, really awesome opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd argue you guys, uh, you know, got past the concept of doing some, doing some cool things. Not everybody only loses three games as the, you know, starting quarterback for their team for four years. So, and again, that's that's just a crazy feat. Um, so you mentioned that you did watch a little bit of uh, Boise State's uh, games this year with your uh, with your family. So I'm curious what you kind of think of the uh, current edition of the Broncos right now. Yeah, we're 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 always Broncos. We always will be, and so. Uh, you know, we're always trying to catch them a little bit on Saturdays and all that good stuff and catching all the different people that we certainly know and love uh, throughout college football. Uh, you know, my boy, my brother's at, at Missouri uh, playing coach in there. He's the offense coordinator there. So we watch Missouri uh, and, and just all the different people have gone to different places now. But, uh, you know, you're always rooting for the Broncos. Always will be. Uh, you know, they've had a couple tough, tough battles here early in the year, you know, and so. For all of us to be, you know, for Boise to be sitting at two and three isn't always the most comforting thing, but uh, they got such incredible people there, awesome people there that you, you know it's going to get straightened out and it'll head in the right direction uh, rather quickly. Uh, you know, last question for you, Kellen. We uh, we saw Boise deploy two different quarterbacks in the last couple of games with uh, Taylor Green and Maddox Madsen, uh, both extraordinary young men playing at uh, playing at a very high level. If you had any advice to them as, you know, someone who's held that position at that school before, what would it be? Yeah, I think it's certainly a, an awesome opportunity to be the starting quarterback or, you know, a quarterback playing at Boise State just because of the, uh, the awesome history that that's, that was way before even when I got there. And so it's been a really cool lineage of guys who've had the opportunity to play that position there, uh, really special people. And so, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is just enjoy it, have fun. Uh, you know, sometimes you get in these situations where maybe two guys are playing rather than the traditional one. Like both guys have earned it. Both guys have earned the opportunity to play. Uh, you know, just enjoy each and every moment. Uh, have have some fun playing out there. That they're there for a reason. They have talent. Everyone sees it, and so uh, just go have some fun. Let it all let it all come out. Excellent. Uh, what are you going to do with the rest of your bye week here? Yeah, our bye week. We're uh, definitely it's always catching up with family. Uh, we're always trying to catch up with some family, and then we'll uh, we'll catch some uh, extended family. We got a nephew playing a, a high school game on Friday, which you, you know in our profession we don't always get a chance to see those. It, when you're out of state and so uh we're looking forward to that excellent well we'll let you get back to it winning a uh, college football quarterback in the history of the game and current chargers oc kellen moore thank you so much for coming on today thank you yep all right have a great day all right first nfl coach on the show that was a cool moment can't thank him enough for his time. Can't thank the uh, LA Chargers PR team enough for helping us set that up. Appreciate that. We want to get him on um, a little while back, but as you can imagine, bit of a busy time of the year for you know those guys in the National Football League. But good to hear his thoughts. Some words of encouragement for the Broncos there. And before him, Luke Creasy talking about Charles Huff. <laughs> I do yourself a favor and uh, watch watch Charles Huff's press conferences every week. Those are usually posted to YouTube 
as well as his uh, availability with the Sunbelt uh, media contingent. I guess that's what you'd call that group. You know, in fact, just this past week on that Sunbelt media call, I asked Coach Huff about um, a comment he made actually last week about uh, Coach Brent Pry at Virginia Tech, who's a longtime friend of, uh, of, of Coach Huff. In the buildup to Marshall's win over Virginia Tech, uh, Coach Huff mentioned that he, you know, just knew a lot about him, knew a lot about his taste in music, and mentioned that uh, he'd probably be listening to the Almond Brothers on the way to the game. Coach Pry would be, that is. So I, uh, I asked him about that, and here's, here's a little clip of that. Real quick, Coach, when we talked to you last week, you mentioned, you know, your friendship and prior relationship with Coach Pry and how you knew he'd be listening to the Allman Brothers on the way to the game. What's your favorite Allman Brothers song? I couldn't even pick one, to be honest with you. Uh, if I was in the car with Pry, he'd have like six that I was supposed to be listening to. Um, Ricky and I are Backstreet um, fan lovers, so I could probably pick a Backstreet um, Boys song um, before I could pick an Allman Brothers song, but... Um, I got nothing on the Allman Brothers. Fair enough. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> My favorite part about that bit that you can't really, that like you can't tell from listening to it, we're on a Zoom call, right? And just off to the side, dialing in from Norfolk is uh, another good buddy of Charles Huff, Ricky Ronnie, who he referred to, just laughing hysterically. <laughs> And then Kane Womack, South Alabama's head coach, comes on after and is like, I'm so happy I know that about those guys now, that they love the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> oh, man. Truly, truly larger than life. That was Backstreet Boys, right? That wasn't NSYNC? I've confirmed with my wife that was, in fact, the Backstreet Boys and not NSYNC. <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much once again for listening to the official G5 Football Daily Podcast. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a review. Follow us at G5 Football Daily on Instagram and TikTok for clips from the podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore. Uh, if you want to follow Eric, he's at Eric C. Henry underscore. If you're at all interested in the Texas Longhorns, highly encourage you all to follow his coverage with 247. Thank you again to Kellen Moore. Thank you again to Luke Creasy. Happy football watching, everybody. Let's have a great weekend.